Hello, everyone, and welcome to My Immigrant Life. I'm your host, Erica Hernandez, and today we're doing things a little bit different. I wanted to take the time today、uh, to talk about a few topics. First off, I wanted to talk about why I started this podcast and why My Immigrant Life is so important to me. And I wanted to also talk about a post I made on Instagram just recently. By the time you listen to this, I'll probably have it in my stories, and it might not be the recent post, but I'll definitely put it in my stories under、um, post to look at, I think I'm gonna name it, or you know, post worthy or something like that. I'll put that on my stories. And lastly, the third thing I wanted to talk about is I saw a post from a co worker. Uh, the other day, and her situation she had when somebody said something to her that people in our government and a lot of people are now using and are thinking it's okay to use these phrases, these terms against people. And I wanted to remind people that people are people and how using certain words should not be allowed, especially for people in government. So Let's start off first as to why my immigrant life got started. So, part one why my immigrant life got started. Some of you may think I'm an immigrant, but I'm not. My parents are immigrants. They immigrated from Mexico in the late 70s, and I was born here. It wasn't until um that it wasn't until I interviewed my family regarding their immigration stories did I find did I find out did I find、ah, I can't talk today but when I was interviewing my family for my immigrant life stories that's when I found out that my mom was actually undocumented when I was born and she was not documented until my she was pregnant with my sister so I was about two two and a half years old when that happened but the conversation about immigration was always a hot topic at my house um it always felt that immigration especially laws around immigration were specifically targeted to people of color and especially people from south of the border People from Latin American com-、uh, companies in Latin American countries, and a lot of it felt very rach- racially charged. And when I was, I remember as a kid, you know, these these laws were trying to come into place, and it was always the same same conversation, same rhetoric, where you know they were saying that illegal immigrants were taking. Jobs away from the American people, blah blah blah, and calling them criminals. And I would look around my family, and my family was working at these really hard jobs that were asking a lot of them. You know, going to pick strawberries at the fields,、um, doing ma- very manual labor work. That I didn't see people, the people that were complaining. Um, about not having jobs, go line up for that job. Those are really, really hard jobs. I mean, I personally would not pick strawberries、um, because it's just so, so physically, physically、uh, tiring, physically demanding. And I remember getting really upset. Now you fast forward to these recent years and conversations around building a wall, doing this stuff. 
it's again more racially charged and you know specifically we're building a wall to stop people from the southern you know from people from southern countries like mexico and honduras and all that now i'm not a very political person and i wasn't involved in you know your latin groups in college like um mecha or anything like that but what I was tired and tired of seeing was people supporting somebody that had these very racial comments, um, talking bad about immigrants without even knowing them. And they knew me, and that's what made me upset is that they knew me and they knew my family and who I was and who they were and were still saying this. And they, when I would confront them, they'd be like, well, you know, your family's different. And I'm like, but my family is the norm. And so I felt very compelled, very pulled to share immigration, immigrant stories. And it first started off with finding out how my family came into America and their story and their struggles behind it. Um, and as I listened to more stories, even just of immigrants traveling to not America, but to places like Canada and Australia, I still learned more and appreciate that more. And you know, putting limits on people and putting hate against people that are that want to migrate, that want to be immigrants is, is just dumb to me because that's in our nature. That's all we've been doing. I mean, America was founded from people from England that were immigrated here, you know? So I I for me the immigration situation is very sticky. I don't wanna I don't know a lot about the laws. Um nor how it affects the economy or anything like that. All I know is people and I know their stories. And for me, it was really important that this podcast highlighted those stories and that immigrants were seen as people again and not just something that was hurting the economy and not something like just a materialistic piece of item is how I felt it was going. So that's why my immigrant life started. Part two, a post. So a few nights ago, I knew I, I knew I was going to go post a picture of of a, of a front cover of I don't know if it's a front cover, but it's a newspaper article, a very old newspaper article taken in March fourteenth, nineteen seventy nine, from the Register Pajaronian, which is the magazine in Watsonville, California, Central Coast. There's a lot of agriculture here right now. We're known for strawberries, but at a time we were known for apples. Martinelli's apple cider is this is the home of that and so is driscoll's dole you know big big agriculture company names um so and i'll explain the picture a little bit but first i want to read the poem because as i was posting i was inspired to write a poem and this is the poem that came to me so many stories go untold, memories lost from the unspoken, who are ashamed to be loud and to be the focus. Voices are silent, there is fear of judgment. 
while all that is desired is fairness and justice. So many stories go untold to protect their families from sorrows they bore. In hopes that the future has something better in store, yet all that is left is stories untold. So, the reason why I wrote that poem. I'm going to describe the picture a bit. So, in the picture is... It's in front of a building, and the headline reads, The Farm Strike Heats Up. So I don't know if you guys know, in the 70s, there was a farmer strike going on here in, in California. Um, and in the picture, there is about one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight men in this picture. And they're in front of a building, in front of a cars, and on the far left is this guy, and he's about to you know, his arm is back and he has something in his hand like if he was going to throw something. Um, the other guys are just kind of standing around and some guy to the right of him is holding what it looks like a flag. I don't know if it's the Union flag. It doesn't look like the Union flag. It also doesn't look like a Mexican flag. It just looks like a flag. Well, the guy on the far left that is going to throw something... That's my dad. <laughs> That's my dad. And a funny story about my dad is if you meet my dad, he plays by the rules. He is square. He, you know, doesn't draw outside, doesn't color outside the line. And it wasn't until I think I was in high school that I first saw this cutout. We were at my uncle's house, my dad's oldest brother, and he, my uncle, my tío Juan, he, he collects a lot of stuff and he keeps a lot of old things. And my cousin, David, Belon is what we call him, was going through some stuff and he showed us this picture. And even though my, bro my dad looks a lot like his brothers, I knew it was my dad. And I was like, hey, dad, that's you. And he's like, no, it's not. No, it's not. And he was like trying to hide it so bad. Uh, even my mom got in, into it and was like, no, no, sale, it's not him. But we knew, like, you, we could tell. It was like, dude, that's you. Like, like that's your face. Like, yeah, you and your siblings look alike. Mm -mm, but that's you. That's you. So that's what inspired the poem where I said so many stories go, go untold. Because my dad doesn't talk a lot about what happened during that time. He doesn't talk a lot about his immigration story. Um, and if you go to... Oops, I just locked my phone. It was really loud. If you go to our one of my previous episodes, I believe it's episode three. Let me just double check that um, for you guys. But there is an episode on my immigrant life where my aunt talks about the immigration story. And since she is, oops, actually ended up sorry about that. I'm trying to get to the actual show. Because sometimes Apple doesn't make it easy for us to find all the episodes and it has you play it or whatever. Um, this is, yes, episode two, Aventuras of La Familia Hernández. My aunt, my tia Marta, who is the one, because my dad's one out of nine, so my dad's the fourth Fourth, fourth child, my tia Marta is the fifth child, and she describes their immigration story based on her point of view, you know, when she was young. And I, I found out a lot that I didn't know 
about my dad and it really explains a lot and I think that made me appreciate more the life that my parents gave me but it was really interesting to hear those stories because I didn't grow up with that and I just thought like you know when they would complain about stuff or tell you know like when you hear a story like I walked 10 feet 10 miles in the snow to get to school like stories like that um you're just like yeah yeah you're just being annoying but in reality like this this background this the story that my dad had was so important for me to know because um I think I just played it safe the whole time like thinking oh my government would trust it trust the government they're gonna protect us and seeing the conversations that are happening now I don't feel that and I do feel that it was a lack of of many of us uh, being being more involved in in government, and a lot of it has to do with that a lot of these stories weren't told they're not shared and a lot of it is to do because the parents are trying to protect their children and don't want to bring up those conversations, but in reality, you need to bring up those conversations so the children know and and can you know can continue to create a world where there's less hate and more acceptance and more love. You know, when I asked my dad, actually my mom <laughs> asked my dad um, if he if he wanted to be on the podcast and his answer was, well, my immigration story, like I was living in Mexico and now I'm living here. That was his story in five seconds, right? Um, so I, I knew not to press him because he didn't want to recall that. But I just wanted to share with that, with you guys, that story. And I will have this this post on my highlights so you guys could check out my highlights. Just post, um, post. I would put maybe fave post I think is what I'm going to settle with. So check that out and if you want to see that post and you can't find it, just send me a message on Instagram and my Instagram account is my immigrant life podcast, all one word. That is the conclusion of part two of this episode. Part three, a neighbor's hate. So I saw this post uh, a few days ago come up on my coworkers and um, not Instagram, her Facebook account. My coworker is an immigrant from Colombia and she's married to an American. She's actually pretty sweet. <laughs> I mean, she has her feisty Colombian way, uh, but you know, she, she's harmless. She does no harm. You know, she, she, and she, I love, I love being around her and she has a good energy and she's fun and she's a Zumba teacher. And, um, she reposted a post from three years ago and I'm going to read the original post and then go back and uh, read what she posted, the updated one. All right. Let me read this post. Today, I got into an altercation with my neighbor who was 78 years old. During our exchange of words, I never cursed at her, but I was loud. She told me, shut up, Mexican bitch. And if you know me, you probably know how I responded. I was not friendly. To be honest, in my 12 years living in the U.S., this is the first time I've witnessed any type of racism towards me 
or my family. The people in Kansas have been very friendly, and when I'm, and when I say I'm from Colombia, they are eager to learn more about my country and how I ended up here. Please know, people in Kansas are the most genuine and welcoming people I've ever met. Okay, if you come across people like my neighbor, please know they are the exception to the rule. I love this country, but man, I really despise my neighbor. I just ask God to give me the strength to ignore her when I'm around her. Okay, so she updated the post and she wrote this. So this happened November 7th, uh, 2016. And she posted this, reposted this again, November um, 7th, 2019. I posted this three years ago. I now live in a different neighborhood, which is much better. The day we put the for sale sign in our previous home, our neighbor, the lady that yelled at her, yelled, I hope you go back to your country. That's where you, that's where you belong. My realtor was, was with me and she bursted into tears. She could not believe there were people like her in this, in this country. Well, that's a closed chapter in my life, but nevertheless, one that made an impact on me. I hope people that now live next door to her are not being bullied, bullied like me and my family did. So saying things like go back to your country is racism. It's racist. Um, it's just a horrible thing to say, especially since her children are American citizens, her husband is American citizen and she experienced this and this you know this behavior is being tolerated because high people in government are using the same words and if you are on that that party just note that you know putting excuses like saying oh well this person got their status because of this and like finding all the things that you don't like about the people the government was talking about and finding all their flaws and putting it up on blast and making that okay um you're justifying the racism look we all have some racism in us or racist moments we all have i have i'll be honest i have i've walked down the street and judged people based on their skin but never ever have i ever express those out loud and when those thoughts come to me I take it back and go why am I thinking this I should get to know that person better right we're not perfect and we're all gonna have those quick judgments because that's what society had taught us our whole entire life but if you acknowledge it and decide to change it awesome but if you acknowledge it or decide that that's not real, you're not being racist, and it's okay to say those things, you need to look into yourself and ask yourself, why Why are you saying those things to those people? Do you know them personally? You know, one of the things I, I would love to ask the people that make quick judgments and say things like, go back to your country, or think that, you know, when if we bring immigrants in, we're going to get filled with diseases, like, you know, instead of doing this quick judgment and posting their pictures on Instagram or Facebook and judging them from afar, how about have the courage to walk up to that person and ask them their story? And then ask yourself, if you were in that same situation, would you do the same? Is that not the exact same life that you that you would be living if you were put in that situation? It's all, you know, when when you say things like that, 
you separate yourself from that person and you make that you make their situation different than yours but in reality we're all human beings we all have the basic needs we all want the basic needs we all desire the basic needs and i i dare you if you before if you're gonna make a quick call on somebody go ask them their story go understand their story go feel the story and maybe not i mean not live it but like feel it inside as if you were living it and ask yourself would i do the same well that's it for um this episode of my immigrant life it was a little bit different we'll be back with new episodes soon we're changing up our style a little bit um a lot of the episodes are still going to be interviewed based um some will have narrative some will not just depending on the interviewee and how it works uh just given that i don't have a lot <laughs> i have very little time on my plate so i uh decided to instead of making it more storytelling and narrative to take it back to more of an interview type podcast until I have a team that can help me with all the creativity in the world and help me execute the episodes. Well, thank you for listening to My Immigrant Life. And if you have a story you'd like to share, please submit your story to sharemystory at myimmigrantlife.com. Again, the email is share my story at myimmigrantlife.com. Thank you.